Welcome to the Questions of Faith podcast. I'm Brad Stevens here with Dr. Timothy Lorito. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to lose my keys. Lose my keys, <laughs> lose my wallet. And apparently yesterday I lost my salvation. So Dr. Oh, no. Timothy, did I really lose my salvation? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that today. Talk about um, this idea of losing salvation. What does what does that mean? What, is, what does salvation mean? What does it mean to be saved? Um, and is it a moment? Is it a life? Uh, what does that look like? Thank you for joining us today and listening to this episode as we explore, can we lose our salvation? Well, let's go ahead and get into it right here from the very start. So, Dr. Lorito, can I lose my salvation? Mm, that's a uh, really uh, important question, a big question, uh, one that uh, obviously has some pretty big implications associated with it. You know, um, you know, this is a theological question, mm-hmm. right? But it also, um, you know, is a real personal question as well you know it's well the answer should probably impact our day-to-day life sure sure yeah yeah it 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 can't not do that right Mm -hmm. um it it has to do that at some fundamental level and so you know we'll we'll walk through some of this um you know the uh what are the implications of uh if i can lose my salvation or if i can't and uh, walk through some of those things but just to start to say you know this is a uh, more than just a theoretical, theological discussion, it's a it's a real life, practical um, question that needs uh, to be thought through. Um, because whatever your answer is to it, it's going to impact your salvation. <laughs> right? How ironic, <laughs> right? And so, well, it seems that it would. Um... If the answer is yes, mm-hmm. then it's something that you need to keep mm. so that you don't lose. Right. And so yes. there, there are things you need to do to keep it. Sure. Whereas sure. if you can't lose it, mm-hmm. then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, it that's has from my implica- point of view. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it has implications either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very big implications either way. And so uh, that are deeply personal to, you know, our um, our salvation. And so, you know, just to, to start with that, uh, recognizing this is true of really most theological questions. Most questions that we address, they they impact us in real practical ways. Uh, but this one specifically is a good one to help us to be aware of how we answer this question really um, impacts um, the way that I view salvation and what God uh, has done and my responsibility, my response to what God has done. And so to begin, I think it's important that we establish maybe a little bit broader biblical view of what salvation is. That's exactly what I was about to ask. <laughs> yeah, so we first have to establish what is salvation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think I think we have to start there uh, in order to really get to the heart of this question is we need to ask the question, well, what is salvation? Before we really ask, answer the question, can I lose my salvation? Uh, we, we need to answer the question, um, what is salvation? And, you know, uh, for Bible-believing Christians, you know, we first want to say that uh, that salvation comes in and through Jesus Christ, right? Like, He yes. is the means of salvation. Um, Jesus Himself said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except for me. So, like, salvation, it's um, a place of origin, the, the where it comes from, uh, is in Jesus Christ, and there's uh, no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Like that is, it, it's 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 in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. But you know, so establishing that very f- fundamental, you know, um, basis. When we think about salvation, a lot of times I think we have this mistaken view of salvation. And we view it as this moment, this quote-unquote moment of conversion. We view it primarily from that lens only. And instead, so, so, so that's true, right? So that moment of salvation where we um, repent of sins and we have faith in Christ 
um, to that his work uh, on the cross is sufficient for my salvation, and you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the moment of salvation. But a lot of times, when our spirits become alive, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. what Ephesians two tells us, you know, that you were dead and trespasses mm-hmm. and sins, but he's been made alive in Christ, and so that moment of spiritual life um, is that moment is salvation. But a lot of times, when we think about salvation, we view it primarily through that lens of that moment, mm, like a one and done. Yeah, kind okay. of a, a that one moment. And instead of viewing it as the moment which begins a life of faith. Hmm. Okay. So instead of thinking of it primarily as, so I had this moment of faith at salvation, and so I'm saved. And so like putting all the focus of salvation on that moment, instead, I think a more biblical, broader view of what salvation is, is that that moment of faith was the beginning of a life of faith. That salvation is designed to be more than just a moment at an altar or wherever it is that you confessed Christ as your Lord, but that it goes beyond that moment to it being a life that is uh, one that is lived out in faith. Does that make sense? you see that distinction that I'm trying to make? Yeah, yeah, it does. So, so you know, we know uh, the biblical um, truth of the fact that, you know, if we confess uh, with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in our hearts um, that God has raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And so we, we recognize that, and it's from the heart that we believe. We have that faith, that the innermost part of who we are. We believe that, and from that, our mouth confesses that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and salvation is brought to us. Um, and so salvation is um, it's by the grace of God alone uh, in His work uh, through Jesus Christ. It's, it's by faith alone, so it's, it's, not a, it's not a matter of works, but it's a matter of faith, and it's in Christ alone, and as we talked about that. So but I, I think a lot of times when we think about salvation, um, I want us to to have a broader view of what that is, more than just this moment, and to have it uh, understanding of it being salvation is a daily life that we receive from God. And so really, a biblical perspective on salvation is this, I have been saved, right? So that moment, that first moment— um, I was saved. I am being saved right now, and I am yet to be saved. So there's a future aspect of salvation, because my salvation is not—it's it's complete in what Christ has done, but the work of salvation is not finished yet. So you're talking like the salvation of humanity? Yeah, so I'm talking about like the ultimate um, salvation of humanity that that mm-hmm. God's completing the work of salvation. Oh, okay. Uh, and His work of salvation in me is one that has been done, is being done, and I'm going to it's 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 completed work um, will be done in you know in 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 heaven in mm-hmm. in that eternal state. Um, that's when salvation its its completedness will be fulfilled. Does that make sense? Okay. I'm starting to see this this mm-hmm. pattern of it's a journey. Mm-hmm. So it's not this one-time event. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so the work of salvation is is not a static work, right? It's okay. not this, um, you know, static work in the past where um, that that is all that salvation is about is that initial moment. Um, and it's not just merely a future hope, but it's an active work in the presence, uh, in the present here, uh, in mine and your life, as we we live by faith and and we are, um, you know, w- we work out our salvation. I talked about with, with fear and trembling. This idea of living out our faith, and that's. Many times in the New Testament, they 
they quote the Old Testament passage where it talks about the, the, the just shall live by faith. And so this idea of... And that would be considered in the being saved category? Mm, yes. The middle place where mm-hmm. we're at now? Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. That we are, uh, we are living out our faith. Um, that, that that conversion moment of faith is the beginning part, the beginning of a, uh, of, of a real living out of the salvation work that started when I first confessed Jesus Christ as my Savior. Does that make sense? It does, and I guess that begs to reason that we should be different now than mm-hmm. we was at that moment of mm. salvation years ago. Sure, sure, yeah, and that would that would fall on under the lines of like sanctification, mm-hmm. right? Uh, okay. A life of sanctification, um, and that that flows from those those works flows from faith. Right, so we're not saved by our works, no. but we're saved by faith. But that faith that we have, as we talked about in a previous podcast about the distinction between faith and works, that that faith always produces works mm-hmm. associated with, and those works, what what that is, is the life of faith, living out that life of. And if we don't faith. have those works, it shows that our faith is then dead. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a really good. Um, Litmus test. Yeah, I mean it. It it reveals the fact that that what we are proclaiming as faith um, may in fact not be faith at uh-huh. all. And so this idea that um, some would have um, that you you know this once saved always saved eternal security position, um, saying you know that you know. What they do a lot of times is they focus on that one initial moment of faith, and say and 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 drag that to the in making it the only thing that matters is having a moment of faith, and that moment of faith is sufficient. You never have to have another moment of faith after that initial moment of faith as Jesus Christ. Now, and I want to... Yeah, go ahead. M- many people that believe that, do they think then that you can't go back on that moment? Mm, yeah. That yeah. even if you choose to stop living in yes. that faith, you're mm-hmm. still covered by that initial right. um, a decision? Sure, absolutely, mm. yeah. And so... What that could I, be very um, uh, enticing view. Mm, yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it has ramifications. Um, and they're... Um, ones which, you know, those who believe that need to understand and recognize um, that. And, th- and then there's some other ramifications for, um, for other positions as well. well. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in a little bit. But, but just to begin with, having this idea and this understanding that it's important that we view salvation as more than just a moment of initial conversion. That is salvation, Right, and we're not uh, denying that in any way, shape, or, uh, shape or form. You we're have not... to start there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We're not okay. trying to minimize that, mm-hmm. but we're also trying at That's the same time. That's not all there is. Yes, but we're trying to say that salvation is more than just a moment, but that it's actually about a life of faith, and that life of faith happens because of that initial moment, uh, but it needs to be something that carries through. So, I, Bradley, was saved, Mm -hmm. I am being saved, Mm -hmm. and I have yet to be saved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever thought of it that way before. mm, Yeah. So, uh, a really good verse um, that that helps to maybe encapsulate this is Philippians 1, verse 6, that talks about, um, Paul says, I'm being confident of this thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will carry it to completion. Unto the day of Christ Jesus. Well, it's laid out right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before me. <laughs> yeah, so it's this, the, the one that started this uh, work in you, he's, he's faithful, and uh, Paul's saying, I have full confidence, my hope, back to uh, a yes. uh, earlier podcast, um, 
And it's it's kind of fun to keep alerting, alluding to a previous podcast. Yes, there's like, a good podcast back there. We yeah. have a little library building. Yeah. Um, but he is going to uh, carry this to completion until the day of Christ. And we talked about that day of Christ is actually yes. the day of the Lord mm-hmm. until the judgment. And so... Paul is saying, uh, my confidence, my hope is in the fact that the work of salvation that that God has done in me, that moment for Paul, Saul at the moment, was this big, huge, you know, Damascus Road, knock you off your donkey type moment. That which was started is, uh, he's saying he's going to complete it. He's going to carry it on, complete it on, all the way until the end. And so the work of salvation is both this moment, but it's also about a life that surrendered to Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, again, one thing that those who would want to point to a, an internal security position um, f- minimize is this idea that the that moment of salvation is one in which it's a surrendered life. You're confessing your faith, you're putting your confidence, your trust in Christ. And if that if that is a reality in you, then it's going to have ramifications for that, everything that you do. Yes, it it it, it has can't. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to. Um again, that's going back to James' argument about faith without works being dead. Um, and so, I mean, and Jesus clearly says this in talking to his disciples. He says, to his disciples specifically, he says, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So this, this faith in Christ, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to put your faith in me, that is going to require a life change and a life of faith that is associated with that. A kingdom change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so a genuine moment of uh, salvific faith will produce a life of faith. Okay. A life of faith. And so the one saved, always saved, eternal security belief Basically, they they state that um, that nothing can cause those who come to Christ to be disfellowshipped from God once a person is saved. So once you put your faith in Christ, nothing can um, cause you to be disfellowshipped from God. Okay, and on one hand, they're not wrong. That's not wrong in the fact that uh, they they use uh, the scripture that talk about you know um, that how that. Um, we are in his hand, and no man can take him out, take us out uh, of his hand, and, and that idea. And and that's true that there is real security in our saving faith and living a life of faith. There's security in that that we don't have to fear uh, our salvation being, you know, taken from us from from the enemy or from some outside source. But what they fail to um, recognize, in my opinion, is my own ability to reject faith. Mm, okay. And so, so while, yes, like, for instance, Brad, you can't take my faith from me, and no one else can take my faith from me. But you can reject your faith. Yes, as someone who has free will, uh, I have within me the ability to... Um, to reject the faith that I once had. So would they say that you don't have the ability to reject? Yeah. the faith. Yeah, I mean, if they're if oh. if they're if they're honest and going with the logical conclusion of their position, mm-hmm. then yeah, once you've had that moment of saving faith, it's impossible for you to reject your faith. That they would argue, well, you know, that people may go through seasons where they uh, doubt their faith or they uh, have, uh, you know, struggles, and so it, on the outside but deep down it may inside, appear that's already been settled. Yes, done, yes, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and so again, it's all this focus on that moment of faith. That initial moment, that's where uh, these We got to pe- get you there. Yeah, we yeah. We got to get it, you to make that choice. Yes, if we can just get you to make that moment of faith, time. then it's good. It's like, it doesn't matter anything after that, 
right? Well, that's a little bit oversimplification of their position, but it's really the logical okay. position in its fullness. And so, um, so this doctrine of eternal security or once saved, always saved, basically is saying that you know you confess faith once. There's no need to live a life of faith, right? Because if you have faith once, that's all that you need um, for um, for salvation. And so they really put this um, this moment of faith uh, as being the central thing, and that's why I really tried to help us see that salvation is more than just that moment of faith. That moment of faith is obviously critical and important, that initial moment. But, um, but that we need faith to continue to live a life uh, that, is, um, that is one which is uh, putting their hope and trust and, and confidence in Christ. Like, that's not something that is just a one-time thing you can do and never have any need for faith again. I know all illustrations break down at some point but i'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of seeing that this maybe be like like i at the altar mm-hmm. i when i married my wife i made a mm. commitment to her yeah sure but if that's all that i did and i mm. walked away that relationship would have broken down very quickly sure but sure coming up on three years of marriage now i i love her more deeply mm-hmm. than i did in that moment honestly mm. right and i know her better and that love has grown sure so would you say it's kind of the same? Yeah, or I mean, it should be the same in our yeah, salvation walk. Yeah, that's a pretty good analogy uh, to what we're talking about here. You had that moment of "I do," mm-hmm. right? And that moment of "I do" was obviously pivotal. It was the thing that started your your <laughs> yes. um, marriage, your marriage relationship. Yeah, but um, you have to say "I do" every day. <laughs> ah, that's good, right? To that's to good. some degree, right? You yes, may not yes. literally say the words "I do" every day, but but through your <laughs> you actions, don't know my wife. No, <laughs> but through your actions, yes, and through yes. your um, you you know the way that you uh, you submit to one another, mm. the way you serve one another, um, the way that you are, you know, um, you know, giving of yourself. Every day you're saying, I do, I do, I do. So there's these things that I have to do to keep my commitment to her, and there's these things that I have to do to keep my salvation? Well, so we'll talk about that in just a minute, but this idea of, um, you know, that's one of the things that those eternal security, once saved, always saved, they, you know, uh, talk about is this idea of, well, then, you know, you have to keep you know, earning your salvation. You keep to have to keep um, working um, in order to have salvation. That's was, their argument. Yeah, yeah. And I say, okay. no, 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 no. That, that's not what we're saying at all. That just like I didn't earn salvation in the beginning, mm-hmm. I don't earn salvation ever, but what I'm doing is continuing to live out that faith that was initially started at that altar. So just like your marriage illustration, you know, you said said that I do uh, at 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 the altar, yes. you know. But if you don't continually uh, live out that I do, that relationship is going to have uh, problems and eventually fall apart. Yes. And we're, what we're saying is the continually of working out salvation isn't the earning of salvation, but that living out of salvation, that okay. continually seeking after God and uh, you know loving the Lord our, our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and and continuing to submit ourselves to Christ and continuing to uh, be obedient to Him and live a life that's sanctified. Those things aren't the thing that earn us salvation, but they enable us to continue to, to keep. To continue to develop that, and okay. at some level, yes, keep. Okay. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, some some scriptures related to that. So, those with the position of once saved, always saved, do they believe that you have free will to choose Christ the first time? Oh no, that's a good point as well. No, so, uh, so they don't they don't believe in free will. Um, they have a. I, mean, I know we're we're doing they, and it's very general, very sure. wide net we're throwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do. They just have a different view of free will um, than what I would believe is biblical. Okay. Um, so there. So with someone who is uh, eternal security uh, Calvinist, once saved, always saved. Um, 
basically they believe that those who are to be elected, those who God chooses, can't um, refuse God, that God chooses whom he wills, and those that he chooses uh, are un- incapable of rejecting salvation. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, it's it's kind of a convenient position in the fact mm-hmm. you know that so they talk about the fact that uh, those who you know may ha- appear that they've fallen away well they were never saved to begin with mm. is what they would say and okay. so what it does and in fact of ha- instead of having eternal security there's actually a hint of insecurity there because how do you know if you're ever saved because if you're not if you don't continue to live that out. And there's no way for you to be saved if you are not one of the chosen? Right, yeah. So oh, wow. this idea that if you um, aren't um, so part of the elect... So why would God choose some people over others? Why? Mm-hmm. Um, so they would argue from his sovereignty. Uh, they they have a, a really big uh, emphasis on the sovereignty of God. And uh, I appreciate the sovereignty of God, and I think it's a really important aspect, um, but they take the sovereignty of God beyond links that I think are biblical, um, because they they, because God they take his... out the free will of man to a degree that okay. I think is damaging. Because um, in God's sovereignty, he does know who will, sure, who sure, will be saved sure. in eternity. Yeah, he, he has foreknowledge. Okay, he no, knows but that is different than predetermining who Yes, will. yes, yes. So okay. a true eternal security Calvinist, a true, true Calvinist could not uh, say that everyone can be saved. Wow. Um, and so, um, so they preach to those hoping that the, you know, praying that the elect will get saved, but, you know... Um, well, why bother? Because they're going to be saved anyways, because they can't... Get away from the mm-hmm. saving magnet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good that, point. Mm-hmm. That seems to break down pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. And so, really, a lot of times it comes down to this idea of this moment of salvation is is the focus. It's everything. It's everything. Wow. And and we say yes, it is, but it's it's everything that start. It starts everything. Mm-hmm. And 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 to continue in that way is uh, is imperative. Like, um, and and we'll look at that here in, in a minute. But the doctrine of security, uh, eternal security, it it shares some similarities to um, what the serpent did in the garden with Eve, and and this idea of, you know, you shall not surely die, or. The implications being that that Eve could do something that was disobedient to God, and it wouldn't have any consequences associated with it. And so, this eternal security idea is: once you say that, once you have that moment of faith, um, you can be disobedient to God and do you know live any way that you want. But you're covered in this umbrella of your initial decision. Yes, and there's you don't have to worry about any divine consequences for any acts of disobedience or any uh, of you know th- things that you do that are blatantly against God after that, that that one moment covers everything. Talking to the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation, Jesus says this. He says, But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. Remember, therefore, from which you have fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So this is the church at Ephesus which is one that Paul planted and uh, worked at for three years. 
Um, you see that in Acts chapter 19, that he, he planted the church at Ephesus. And um, this church uh, was a thriving church. It actually uh, sent out um, other mother, or it mothered other churches in the area all throughout uh, South Asia. But, but Jesus is, is, um, is speaking to this church and telling them that you have left your first love. You have abandoned your, um, your, you know, your, your first works, he says, um, the works that you did at first, what your, your love for God and, and you have fallen. And he says, repent and do what you did at the beginning. And if you don't, well, wait a minute, we're locked in. Everything's okay. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Else. And if you don't, he's, he's saying, I'm going to remove your lampstand. That's, um, I don't have time to get into all, all of what the implications of that, but basically I'm removing my presence from you. Okay, this is a little bit of tabernacle yes. um, um, picture here, um, Old Testament tabernacle picture. But um, this this idea of God's presence is leaving um, if you don't do this, unless you repent. So that's one of the things that um, a once saved, always saved position uh, does away with is the need for repentance. Um, and after once you repent the first time. Um, you know, at that moment, you there. There's no need to ever repent again of any sin that you commit after that. So would they say because Jesus has covered all of those sins at the cross? Sure. And yeah. Jesus was before you, so mm-hmm. He covered everything you've done now in the past and in the future. Sure. Yes. That's and what they would say, okay. yeah. And so they're not wrong in that. Yeah. But that need for repentance is still um, still necessary. Like mm-hmm. um, it is unrepentant sin. That is the the problem, right? Um, and so the thing that you need the first time for salvation, repentance, right? Like, why do you not need that ever again uh, after that? You know, so it takes away repentance completely. Uh, and then, so this is not the only time Jesus says this in in this in Revelation. He says it again, talking to the church of Sardis. He says, "I know your works. You have uh, a reputation of being alive, but you're dead." He says, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Hmm. Clear implications that something's changed in you. Right. And we need to go back. Yes. We need to repent. It's hmm. uh, both places. Uh, that word repentance Very is, strong. yeah. And he's talking, again, the context, he's talking to the church, right? So these yes. are not people who aren't um, saved. These not sinners. Yeah, this is, these are people who are saved. And Jesus is, is this, these are the words of Jesus. Uh, he's saying there's a repentance necessary um, for you to uh, continue to move forward in your, uh, in your faith, in your relationship with me. Uh, I'm going to come like a thief. And um, it's not going to be a um, pretty situation. And so, eternal security, this this belief is one which I believe is very dangerous to um, to people who fall into this to this idea of if I just have a moment of salvation that I don't have to um, to continually live a life of faith. Um, and to continue to uh, follow after Christ, and to, when I do fall, to repent. And you know, obviously, if if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And so, I want to say, uh, on the other hand, so to answer this question of can I lose my salvation? There's uh, so there's this internal security side which says no matter what you do, you don't have to worry about losing your salvation, right? And we want to reject that. But also on the other hand, we want to say to those who were be like, uh, well, I, you know, I had a bad thought, uh, you know, I, I sinned in some way, and so um, my salvation is gone, right? Uh, okay. You know, like my salvation has no stability to it uh, at all, and that, you know, at any moment it could be taken away from me, that type. We want to completely reject that as well. And say that no, that um, that my salvation is secure 
in Christ and what He has done as I continue to, um, you know, you know, if if I have sinned, to confess that sin, to repent of that sin, mm-hmm. and as I continue to live out a life of faith, that my salvation, I don't have to worry about my salvation, um, you know, where it's going to be or, or if it has any security to it. Um, but I also have a responsibility to repent of sin and to uh, to continue to live a life of faith. So I may be jumping ahead, but is the key to keeping your salvation <clears throat> repentance? Mm. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing that starts it, right? And that's the thing yes. that continues. But when I mean, we I do... mean, mm-hmm. ten years from the day you knelt down at the altar mm. at five years old, mm. or however long you know throughout mm-hmm. your entire life, we're, we're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We're going to do. We're going to sin. Mm-hmm. But the key to keeping that salvation is it repentance throughout yeah. that walk. Yeah. So it's a, it's it's living a life of uh, of faith that is recognizing my position as a sinner. And when I sin, I repent of that sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, unrepentant sin is that thing that you know when we when we continue to live in sin and to fall into sin, um, those are situations where we need to recognize, like, okay, I'm on, on I, I, I am, I am making what Christ has done. I am crucifying him again, is what Paul talked about, and in Hebrews it talks about how that there's there's no more there's no more um, uh, means of salvation other than that. And so if we if we continue to sin and we don't repent of our sin, how else are we going to be saved? Right, the writer of Hebrews is is uh, playing out, and so this idea of Repentance is central to both the initial part of salvation and a continual life of uh, following after Christ and submitting ourselves to Him in our present condition of, uh, you know, living in a sinful world with fleshly nature. So, so what I have known as the definition for repentance is asking forgiveness, mm. but then turning around, mm. not mm. continuing on doing that over and over and over again. That's sure. not true repentance. Repentance mm. is when you are actively trying to move yourself mm. from that lifestyle and those decisions. Sure. Correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what um, what Paul talked about in Romans. This idea, you know, he says, um, what, should we continue in sin that grace should abound? Mm. Or in other words, should we continue sinning because we have grace, you know, should we continue just to sin, 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 sin? Because there's grace, grace. No, of course not. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and 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 you really don't understand what grace is when you're when you're living in that way. And so, a repentant heart, a truly repentant heart, is one which doesn't want that mm. and doesn't and grieves over what that. they've done. Yes. Yes, 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 absolutely. And not to follow Opposed that. to eternal security position, which there's no need to oh, it grieve. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, there's it doesn't no matter. Yeah, there's no need mm-hmm. to grieve over sin that you you've committed. Um, and when we talk about grieving, we're, we're, I know this is this is a little bit of side trail. We're we're talking about grieving. I don't mean that we're talking about it from an aspect of, um, well, if I confess my sins, well, I wonder if I'm still saved. But this idea of, I grieve that what I did was wrong, and so I repent of that, said, God, I don't want that, forgive me for for that, and then move forward in God's grace. But a heart that says, you know what, I want to keep doing that, mm-hmm. it hasn't repented at all in that way. Um, now, you're not God. <laughs> so, Obviously. But, <laughs> but my question to you is, is there a space of grace mm. within that moment of, okay, I am saved, living for God, I start doing uh, this thing mm-hmm. that uh, is pleasing to my flesh, mm-hmm. and it is this sin. Is there a space there where I can continue to indulge within this sin and still be saved before completely? Mm. Is there this this line mm. that we cross that yeah. we've gone too far? Yeah, so... Uh, that's what one of the works of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. The Holy Spirit, one of His roles, uh, one of the things that He does is He convicts us of sin. And so, yes, yes. as you know, uh, as people who have um, put their faith in Christ in our spiritual uh, part of who we are is alive. When we sin, 
the Spirit convicts us of that sin. And, you know, the, the right response is to, when the Spirit convicts us of sin, is to repent in that moment, yes. right? Sure. Yes. Um, some, you know, don't want to repent immediately, mm. right? And so you're asking, is there, is there that space of grace? I think, I think there is, but also recognizing that the Spirit uh, convicting of, of sin, uh, if we keep pushing that off and keep pushing that off yes. and keep pushing that off, um, it's what Paul told Timothy, um, that they've had their conscience seared with a hot iron. It's a, this idea of you keep sinning, keep sinning. Keep, it's no longer, you, you, you justify it. It's no longer wrong. It's because of the, it's the way you want to live. Yes. And you actually can convince yourself that, no, this is okay. Like, I can keep doing this. Okay. And so you've got to a point where the Spirit, um, you, you you've make hardened your heart. The spirit isn't drawing. Yeah, you've hardened convicting anymore. Sure, you've hardened your heart against the work of the spirit in your life, and okay. that's, I mean, down that road, you're very, uh, you're in very dangerous spot, you know. And so, being sensitive to the spirit when he convicts of sin and repenting of that is really, really important. Um, and so, uh, you're talking about um, saving faith. There is a uh, there's real biblical evidence for this idea that saving faith is one which is an enduring faith. It's one which continues. Uh, that's what Jesus said in Matthew 24. He said, but he that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. The one who, uh, and he's talking about in that context, the second coming, Matthew chapter 24. And so enduring faith is this evidence of what took place at the beginning and at that moment of saving faith, um, that saving faith is the start, and what we need is enduring faith, to continue to endure and to continue to put our faith and our trust in Christ um, this very day, this very moment, um, and trusting Him uh, with my life and uh, with my salvation in this moment. And, you know, if I sin... It's that daily I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, so talking about losing salvation, a lot of times people want to frame it as this idea of, like, I lost my car keys or I lost my phone, right? Mm, I can run back and find it real quick. Yeah, that or it's this, like, you know, like misplacement, like, oh, I don't know what happened. Like, I, it was just here a moment ago, and uh, now I don't know okay. where it's at. You know, I just had my keys, and I've lost my keys. Where are they? You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't, it was an accident. Mm. Right? It just happened. It just happened. I, I wasn't paying attention. I didn't know what happened. I just looked up, and my keys are gone, and my phone's gone. What did I do with it? I misplaced it, right? Um, but when we're talking about can someone lose their salvation, we're talking really the better question should be asked is, can someone reject salvation? Because um, that's really the heart of it. I don't think that you can lose your salvation in the fact that you can like, oh, one day you just wake up and it's gone, but this, uh, through your willful act of unrepenting uh, uh, of sin and continuing, you you have this where you reject the faith. This You reject uh, what Christ has done, and you no longer, um, you know, believe or live the faith that you once had. And so it's this idea of rejecting um, your faith in Christ as the resurrected Son of God. And so can someone lose their faith uh, or lose their salvation? I say they can certainly reject it. They can certainly reject it. And that is an act of the will mm-hmm. that someone says, "I choose to reject." Um, it Christ. would be an active thing that they mm-hmm. do through their action. Sure. And the enemy is sly in the fact that he doesn't um, always make people aware of that progression mm-hmm. of that slow um, fade. Yeah. That's what uh, C.S. Lewis said. He said the the safest road to hell is one which is slow uh, of step and is gradual of turn and is one which uh, has no uh, signpost which show you your, your direction. Right. Uh-huh. It's this. That's the safest road to uh, losing your faith or rejecting your faith is uh, you know unrepentant sin and and just going down that way and oh it's fine it's not really that big of a deal I know it's against God's word but 
you know, other people in our society are doing it. And that, that type of mindset, that type of um, philosophy leads to one which will um, reject their faith. And so uh, Paul talked about uh, writing to Timothy. He says, I charge you, Timothy, um, that that you may wage uh, the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwrecked of their faith, among whom are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. And so Paul warns Timothy um, that he, he says, continue to fight this good warfare, holding on to faith and a good conscience. You know, keep your conscience clean and pure before God. He says, some have rejected doing this, and because they have failed to do this, their, their faith has been shipwrecked. And he gives some examples of people who, who did this, and he's, he's, he's giving Timothy uh, illustrations of people that Timothy knows to show him the importance of continuing to hold on to faith and continuing to keep your conscience pure before God. Because uh, if, you, if you don't, there's an example here. There's two examples here uh, that you know of, of people who have had their faith shipwrecked, destroyed um, because of the things that they've done. right there what paul was just saying it's it's very clear and evident mm-hmm. that there is some people mm-hmm. that were saved mm-hmm. but because of their decisions and their walking away from the faith their faith has not been shipwrecked mm-hmm. so it's really clear that they were they, in the faith yeah they had but, faith at one moment but they are no longer mm-hmm. yeah now people with the position of the once saved always saved and god predetermining mm. who can and can't and how once you if you have been determined you cannot reject it do people just not Read the Bible. <laughs> I <laughs> no. mean, do people not see these examples of this mm-hmm. clearly? Your idea of being locked into this salvation. Mm. Yeah, I think really what it comes down to is this idea of we all bring our presuppositions to the text, and mm. we bring our uh, our worldview to the text, and um, if we're not careful, um, we can have a a doctrine that we. Um, want to hold to um, and look for ways to support it from Scripture and be blind to things to the, to the other side of these things, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's not to say you know th- that's true of all of us, and so it's important that we we recognize that and uh, be aware of our own biases as we approach the text. Um, but for um, this idea of you know, can I lose my salvation? Um, Paul gives us, uh, you know, this stark warning of those who have uh, rejected their faith, and they've they 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 failed to hold on to uh, their faith. They had faith at one moment, but they failed to live uh, a life of faith. And the just shall live by faith. And so the we're called to walk by faith and to live by faith. And it's not something that's the static moment. Uh, uh, of conversion that is all that we need, but we need to live in faith today and to walk out our faith uh, in every area of our life. Um, The writer of Hebrews tells us um, that we ought to give uh, the more earnest heed to these things that we've heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Like That's why it's so important that we continually have our... uh, our mind and our heart in in um, a, a position of hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so, um, you know, for the Christian, a life of faith is not just this mere mental, um, you know, like, oh, I believe these certain things, these certain doctrines, I believe them to be true, but it's a 
it's a behavior, it's a life, belief and behavior that I am going to uh, read the word and pray and um, you know have fellowship with other believers and uh, guard my heart um, from you know this world and its wickedness and so that my my faith doesn't shift from being in Christ and to shift to being in the things of this world or to being uh, things that are contrary to the things of God and so to summarize to 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 answer this question I'd say you know don't be afraid of losing your salvation in the fact of, you know, oh, if I make a mistake, then I've lost my salvation. No, repent of sin and move forward in faith and move forward in walking with Christ. Uh, but also recognize that I do have the power within me to reject faith and to reject my faith in Christ and to uh, to walk away from what I have um, what I have first believed, and that's what Jesus warned uh, those in in Revelation that they should uh, return to their first love. And if you find yourself in a place where uh, you know you, your love for God is waning and your uh, love for Christ isn't where you uh, need it to be, I just want to encourage you that um, you know that God loves you and that His love. Uh, wants to be poured into you to return your love to Him, and we love Him. Writer First John said, uh, "We love Him because He first loved us." And as the Spirit of God pours out His love into you, um, allow the love of your love to be rekindled for Him. And if that means you need to repent, um, then I encourage uh, us to to do that. Right, um, and that just is something that we need to um, recognize as a life of faith, is one in which uh, I continually recognize I need a Savior. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Questions of Faith podcast. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing and write a review on your preferred audio platform. That would really help us out. This show was produced by Brad Stevens, theme music by the band Liquify. Questions of Faith is a ministry of Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God located in Denton, Texas. The goal of this podcast is to equip the modern day Christian with answers to timeless questions. If you would like to submit a question that may be highlighted on the show, you may do so by emailing us. That email address is questions at ftdenton.com. You may also submit a question by messaging our Facebook page, Questions of Faith Podcast. And until next Monday, God bless.